Hello, welcome to the third episode of the Gazette podcast. This time we're bringing you a special interview with your ICSM student union, hosted by our charming events editor, Adil Ali. A lot of ground was covered in this interview, so to make it easier for you listeners, we have put key timestamps into the description. From there, you'll be able to navigate to whichever broad topic covered interests you the most. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the program. Fantastic, right. Hello and welcome. Adil Ali here for ICSM Gazette, and I'm joined today by the illustrious ICSM SU Committee for yet another interview. Fine, moving on. Uh, we'll spare everyone the lengthy introductions, but we have um, the kingpin himself, Muntaha, our ICSM president, our no-nonsense debt pres, Nicole, our fountain of knowledge and academic chair, Rachel, our all-singing, all-swimming, all-dancing clubs and societies chair, Chris, our party animal and ENTS chair, Millie, our bundle of joy and welfare chair, Natania, and last, but most certainly not least, the only non-medic, and therefore the smartest person in this call, our BMB president, Elena. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Let's start with a life update. So, how are things going? Okay, uh, I'll start. Um, since you last saw me in summer, mostly been at firms. So that's, when you're saving lives, that takes up a lot of the day. It's difficult to fit in other stuff. Um, I've been spending more time with my housemates. We've been trying to like, in maybe one or two hours of like protected bonding time in the week because otherwise we just end up in our rooms and it's a bit sad playing a lot of card games that's good um i've also shaved down to a goatee because if you don't grow out dodgy facial hair did you really go to uni um <laughs> speaking of dodgy facial hair let's go to Montaha. no no i'm joking that's, that's <laughs> but let's actually go to Montaha. Montaha, kick us off since i last caught up with you over summer what have you been up to yeah um it's been a really interesting one, obviously, because of COVID. It's naturally just been a very different kind of year. Um, there's so much stuff which has gone on in between, which, to be honest, I can barely remember myself. Um, I've obviously been going to a lot of different meetings, loads of meetings. That's pretty much all I do every day, to be honest. A lot of emails, a lot of phone calls and miss that and the other. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, specifically, we've been doing a lot as an SU in terms of trying to get people through COVID. I think that's really been our main aim for the first term this year. It's all been about stability, trying to keep things running and going as good as we possibly can, representing students to the faculty, taking all of their ideas and suggestions, putting those on the faculty radar, um, making sure that we're lobbying for students at obviously the levels of ICU, at the faculty, at all of the other external organisations and the college and everyone else that we kind of interact with. Um, So on the whole, I would say that the main kind of focus of the term has all been around stability and trying to keep things running as best as they they possibly can. Good. Sounds strong. Sounded quite rehearsed, not going to lie. I think you prepared that one. But that was very informative. It was very thorough. Good. Uh, Who's next? Nicole, go on. Okay. So term one. I did Pending Endo at home with two Endo veterans here. Um, so it's been pretty chill. Um, yes, yeah, online. I'm zooming in my bed. What else? I can't complain. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else have I been doing? Played some netball when that got back onto 
back into ethos. Hopefully we can do some more of that in term two. And um, yeah, just been supporting my lovely SU. Had some one-to-ones with them. Had some lovely catch-ups. Yeah, no, you guys have been busy. There you go. You've done more yeah, than Who's next? Go on. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. It's been a wild time, honestly. A wild, wild few months. Um, For me, I'm doing farm and just spending every day with Christian and Shohag is just like Christmas every day. Mm. Uh, But I normally, I normally, this is my first year actually properly committing to doing a medicine degree. I'm normally just doing clubs and socks and medicine on the side. Mm. It's been tough to like, it's interesting this medicine stuff. Honestly, it's so cool. I get, yeah, I get you. Uh, so that's yeah, it's been really tough uh, getting clubs and socks to a point that everything being able to run, not just from like other people's point of view, but for me, just to, that's what I need in my life to survive. Mm. So and to for for my friend Boris to to say that we've got a month of no clubs and societies is difficult, but we're looking to everything coming back next term and to trying to get as close back to real life as we can be. I hear that. I hope so too. I hope we're back next term. So we've had Freshers Fortnight, which seems like an age ago, but clearly more recent than our last meeting. Um, I think it went quite well. Had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of fun playing um, Among Us on Zoom in particular. Um, but as well as um, completing my first placement at EPD, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart, doing a lot of cooking, played a bit of netball with Nicole as well. Yeah. I'll go next. Um, since long time ago. Oh. So after Freshers Fortnight, um, we at BNB SAC made some um, just BNB um, events to make sure that they were able to have a network since most of them are not in campus. Um, so it, it was a supportive um, project that was worth it and we are working on releasing a web page so making sure that they can have mainly about the academic resources um, because we've got a note bank but it's, it's not really shared so second years didn't even know about the existence of it so mainly a web page to, to put together all the resources um, events and we also reached out to alumni and created a LinkedIn group in order to be able to stalk all the years and see the many pathways that you can go on since the new cohort just has one cohort of alumni. So it's a little bit scary to think after, but hopefully we're using that. And I've been working fully remotely on my placements and it's been incredibly interesting. I've had ministerial roundtables with MPs, um, many different workshops, and it, it's been exciting. I was really afraid of being fully remote, but I think I'm not missing at any chance. So that's good. That's good. That's good to hear. That's, um, especially I like the LinkedIn thing. I think I feel like LinkedIn's the place to be this year. I'm seeing a lot of my feeds popping off. People are actually, my feeds, we'll get back to my feed popping off. Nicole, I'm looking at you. Um, but we'll return to that soon. Um, who's who's left? Who hasn't updated us? Rachel and Tanya, right? Yeah. Wanting to kick us off. Rachel, do you want to go? Or, I'm used to being last. This W is always at the end of the alphabet. No, um, you go. This is your time to shine. <laughs> um, so I'm doing global 
global health this year. Everyone calls it like the global holiday, but it's it's not the global holiday. Um, we're like nine to five every day. It's been really interesting though, like really topical. We had like an afternoon on COVID with like the professors who came in and spoke to us. Um, in regards to welfare, it's been really tricky this year, I think just because the nature of how everything's run, but obviously our amazing SU have been working so hard to make sure welfare is encompassed in everything. Um, we had freshers and with the help of Millie and Nicole, Mums and Dads was the only event to go on and like in person, which was really good. So we were really happy that we managed to roll that out and that the freshers got to meet their mums and dads. Um, we also have had three campaigns in the last time that we've seen you. So we had Meet the Team in September. Then we had Black History Month, which was a really big one. We reached our thousand followers in that month. So we were like, woo, hype. Um, and then we just had Mental Health Month, which was really good as well, like really big. And we're moving on to finances. And we've got like FEO Welfare coming in and talking about the transition from year, to year five and year six, when you have the NHS bursary and how to apply. Um, so that's another big one to look out for. And yeah, just going to loads of meetings with Munti and just kind of advocating for students. And I guess a really big thing that we've been doing is making sure everyone gets to go home this Christmas and just really pushing that everyone gets to have a well-deserved break, both faculty and staff, um, and enjoy their Christmas. Yeah. That's nice. I hope everyone does enjoy their Christmas. That's a nice, cheery, cheery note. Rachel? Um, it's been really nice hearing updates from everyone, actually. Um, um, I'm same old, loving fifth year, yay, done ONG, doing peds now, uh, made a few babies cry, but that's okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, on the academic side, like Monty, just loads of meetings, um, and supporting the team through all the SSLGs and all the different meetings that they go to as well. Um, and there's been a few kind of higher level um, kind of meetings and projects going on. So like, um, for example, the NSS results from the um, final years last year. So the last graduating cohort mm -hmm. um, still sorting those out um, and thinking about exams and making sure that people's views are represented. Um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a fun few months. Busy, but yeah, fun. Um, good, good. Nice to hear from all of you. Yeah, a lot of time has passed since we last spoke. Um, okay, so let's talk about the COVID vaccine. What do you make of um, of, of anti-vaxxers in the medical school? Because I've been hearing whispers, not everyone believes in vaccines, um, let alone the, the COVID vaccine and, and what they will or won't put in it. Um, I, I think it's really interesting, just the idea of a medical student not believing in vaccination. Um, but like, have you guys come across people or any of, do any of you, are you vaccine skeptics yourselves? Um, like I've seen, I've seen a lot of, I say, medical students in Wednesday in Reynolds, putting a lot of snake bite into their body. And if they're happy to put that into their body and they're not happy to put the vaccine in, I have a lot of questions about their priorities. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think if anything, it's probably not that they're anti-vaxxers. It's just, they're more afraid. Like then they're, they're not sure if it's safe. Um, I, I'm not sure I haven't heard of any medical students saying they're anti-vaxxers but yeah I, I think it just comes down to kind of it's unknown and I think that's probably what people are fearful of. 
Is this where is this where Nicole's leaks come into it? You're gonna like pull up like a retweet from like a couple of years. <laughs> well, I've got, got the receipts. No, no, I wish I did. I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No. I think that that's very true. Yeah. People probably do need a lot more information on, on what's happening. So that's good. Hopefully, vaccines on the horizon soon. Good. Good. Uh, in terms of virtual learning, so Nicole, you were talking about you've been doing um, just endo from from your, the, the comfort of your room. Very. Very. Very, very chill, very nice. Um, I guess COVID, COVID's impacted learning by putting it online in probably the biggest way. Um, there's kind of the aspect of moving the teaching physically online, but then also removing the social dynamic that you usually get from university. Um, so what have you guys made of like how virtual learning's been used in your like different courses? Have you thought it's been good, bad? Like, is it improvement upon normal times? Because some people are making that argument. What do you guys think? So I let's go, let's, let's structure it. So, so okay. Millie and Elena, you guys are on placement, right? Well, you're doing DPD now, but you were on both on placement. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what's it been like? Like what things have moved online for a placement? I mean, for me, I was at Charing Cross and um, pretty much everything was in person, including like our um, CMS tutorials. I think it was just the induction weeks that were online at all. So everything like we were going in for. I think now DPD, it's all lectures online and I've really enjoyed it. It means you can kind of like, you know, the, one of the distracting parts of a lecture is when you're just like, you go to social with people and then you don't actually focus, whereas now you can actually like sit on your own and, and do things and still like, you know, socialise afterwards instead of like using it as your only like social interaction of the day. So I quite enjoy uh, it, yeah. Elena? Yes, yeah, so for the BMB in third year, we go into three different uh, possible projects. So either literature, work or lab placed uh, projects. So uh, for the literature and work placements, most of the students have worked remotely. Um, for the work placements, it mainly depends on the company, but you have to follow um, a nine to five schedule. Um, so it's been quite challenging to transition from uh, to then let's do it all at the last minute or at midnight because I'm feeling more like doing it than it at eight in the morning. Um, but it, it's been manageable. I know some stu uh, lab students had to switch to a remote, uh, a dry lab project because, for example, AstraZeneca uh, decided that they would not be able to host uh, these students as probably they are using all of their capacities working on their vaccine, which it, it's it's sensible. But all of the other courses have been taking lectures online and I think it's been challenging to deliver them since it's, it's not like a lecture type, it's more of a team-based learning and enhancing with the students. So I think it has been definitely challenging, but the faculty is really open to discuss and asking for feedback. So it's a new challenge that both teachers and students need to adapt to. And I think both ends are really willing to make the most out of it and move on. That's good, that's good. And how about the BSCs? How are they holding up? I really enjoy it being online. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I would say that one thing that kind of came up in like all of the SSLGs this term was um, student engagement and how both lecturers and students felt like more could be done to encourage engagement and exactly like Elena said the faculty are so receptive 
to improving it. So now we have like in Glo Global Health, we have specific camera on sessions, which we have to have our camera on. Um, and then I think also, I don't know how it is with like Nicole and Chris, but just getting to know everyone has been really easy because they've just encouraged so much group work. Mm. So actually, it doesn't feel that strange. I was a bit gutted at the beginning because obviously you want to get to know people on your course, but the faculty have made it quite easy for us, like encouraging coffee mornings and loads of team and group work. Yeah, and following on from that, we for Farm this year, they every session will be randomised into a breakout room of four people, so you end up with a different meeting different people every time, um, and and doing your work and chatting to different people. So if you were in person, you would probably end up finding your group and sticking with them a bit. So if anything, it's made us speak to more people and, and, and spread out who we speak to and things, which is great. I think that in the future, they can definitely incorporate a lot of the things that, that we've learned from this time to carry on some online, some online versions of things. Mm. Especially for people like us who have lots of meetings in South Ken normally, it's really nice to not have to travel from uni yeah honestly the commute time I was thinking yeah saving time on commuting I was thinking about like surge and doing meetings and how much effort is like you come back from placement and then you have to go to South Ken or CX now I just come home and I've you can do so much more oh god yeah. that's what I want the only thing I want to I don't like Covid obviously who does but the one thing <laughs> I want to take away is like having meetings on zoom yeah no, that's a good point actually and I think this is a so there's two there's two sides of this case that that people have been bringing up so number one is kind of I don't know about you guys in different year groups and, and different courses but um the kind of party line that I've heard from faculty or used to hear in the past is yeah lectures are recorded but you have to come and see them in person because it's not the same when you when you look at them online like it's not the proper experience and then suddenly they're like oh no no don't worry it's exactly the same like it's, it's even better right that's the kind of that u-turn was quite was quite apparent and a lot of people noticed that so uh, I, I saw in the news that um, across America, I think there's one or two think, cases in the UK that people have been suing their universities because for tuition fee, like rebates, um, because they're like, listen, I paid like nine grand for X, Y and Z advertising the course. And now that it's online, I'm not getting the same experience. And obviously it depends on what course you're doing as to exactly how much you're missing out on. There's certain things they can't replicate. But um, I think someone asked some someone in the cabinet about it like like a minister and they were like yeah it's not a default to get a refund but if you feel like you've been um you've been hard done by you should definitely get in contact and there was like a there was like they have like a money hour on lbc in the evening do you ever listen to the radio and they have some like financial guru um i'm commuting i'm not just i don't just listen to lbc i'm not like really sad um but they're like yeah the uh trading standards authority or something regulates even the payment of tuition fees so like it's still it's a business transaction essentially between you and the university so you can take them to court over it if you feel like you've been hard done by uh, so i guess my question is do you feel like there's a place for online learning post covid um so like let's say you know let's say by easter say summer if we're being you know just like a bit certain about it everything's cleared so for the next academic year we can do business as usual if we want to. Would you be seeing, would you want to be seeing lectures back in lecture halls or would you want them kind of online or a mixture of the two or what exactly? I'll, I'll let Rachel answer it in just a second because I'm sure that she has a lot of kind of thoughts. Um, I think that you raised a lot of really interesting 
um, kind of thoughts there. And I think the one thing which really stood out to me was obviously the idea of not doing a lecture versus the more digital learning approach that we have now. And I think that when it comes to online activity and online content, if there's one thing that we've been really big on as an SU, it's that changing teaching to be online is one thing. But if you're taking an entire student community and putting that online, it's not sufficient to just have Panopto recordings. Really, the only fully digital experiences for us has really been year four and years one and two of BMB. And all of the other years have actually been mostly in person, at least when it comes to clinical placements. Obviously, medical students are recognized as key workers. And even when it comes to years one and two, I think we're probably one of the only medical schools who has been able to deliver our course in the way that we have in the way that we have. And I know the phase one team have obviously put in a lot of hard work behind the scenes into making that happen. And if you look at all of the logistics which have gone into it, the fact that every session is taught in, you know, about 12 times over. Um, there's been a lot of hard work to basically try to provide more of a blended approach. And I think that what COVID has shown is that potentially there is a place for a blended approach moving forwards. Um, I think that where there are instances of a fully digital experience, you obviously need to be clear on trying to develop that sense of community um, and not just translating teaching to be online, but actually developing the entire experience to be online. And, you know, a lot of the work that's gone into BSC hasn't just been about doing lectures, but also much more smaller group sessions um, and other activities in order to help facilitate that kind of interactions. And I think just generally, the way the whole world is shifting is a lot more technology focused. I think that technology encompasses all of our lives, and I don't think that's a bad thing. And it's just a way that keeps pushing us forward, I guess, as a human race across all areas. And education is a really big part of that, where so much work so many startups and so much emphasis on technology driven learning um, has been done there's some really exciting things which we're already seeing regardless of this year with covid things like the hololens teaching sessions and all of this other technology i think that there's always a place regardless of covid for technology to go hand in hand and to complement learning but that doesn't have to be a technology specific approach you can still have blended in-person interactions and technology kind of complementing and facilitating that in the way that we've seen with, you know, years like year one and two, for example. Mm. Anyone want to add anything? I was just going to say, having said that um, lectures aren't that compatible with, you know, working hard when you're trying to, like, chat people and get to know, get to know new people, it's actually quite useful in first and second year when you don't know that many people and coming in yeah. as pressure, that's probably the way which you meet people who aren't in your halls. So I think that aspect of like the online teaching has definitely been lost. And I think being in person is like very useful for that. I just want to add that I completely agree with, sorry, the firework in the background. Um, I completely agree with what Montia said. And I think practically I've noticed that sometimes online learning has really helped in fifth year. So for example, like once a week we get um, sessions where we go through like the capsule cases and that's for the whole year on the same placement and that wouldn't be really possible otherwise because you can't really get everyone in the same room and disperse back into your firms um so that's been really helpful but yeah I definitely agree that it doesn't it shouldn't replace all of learning because 
um, especially because it's well and good if it works well. But very often, especially for clinicians, half of them don't really aren't very good with technology. So um, it's very user dependent as well. Um, I think it's I think we'll definitely learn a lot from this year, which hopefully will just improve learning in general next year and beyond. If I could, I would like to add that um, most PMB students choose to come to Imperial to have that lab based experience. And that has been an experience that most of these uh, students have not been able to experience yet. It looks like it will be possible afterwards, but um, I definitely think that it's a, really a key part of what makes BMB special at Imperial about receiving that practical. Um, I, for example, realized that I wanted to do scientific research, but outside the lab after doing labs and realizing how hard, challenging and <laughs> at the same time interesting it can be. But it may, it, I think it difficult um, the delivery of BMB and um, based on team based learning and the deliverance of itself um, in mm. person is it's quite key mainly for the lab aspect. For third year, I think that we can, classes can be delivered online for the year, but also adding on to the points that Millie said, I think it must be terrifying. As a, for example, student coming from another country, moving into a country and knowing no one and having those limitations to meet people. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that's lost uh, socially when you do it online, even if you make up for it in other ways. But I guess one, so like one one thing that we always used to question is why Panopto can't be a live stream, and you can come in person if you want to, and you can watch it at home if you want to. But then I think the argument was if you make a Panopto a live stream, no one would ever come to lectures, um, which which might be true. But I feel like I feel like some people would like you kind of alternate. Um, but I don't know. I think they like on on a union level. They're doing a petition or like survey or something, aren't they, to try and make everything recorded, right? Because there's some lecturers who don't want to record their content. Um, and yeah, that so was a yeah that that was a stance which or it was a motion even which came to the last council meeting on Wednesday and has been approved. And effectively, what that means is it's now in writing that that's something the union will actively campaign for. Mm. Oh, that's good. Okay. So they what do they campaign college like they campaign to yeah. college? Right. Okay. Sorry. And, and similarly, you mentioned um, student fees earlier, and and similarly, there's there's been a stance um, put up by the international officer on international student fees um, in response to COVID, and that's more in the sense of um, you know it's it's affected the financial setup of some people, and you know, and and so so once the motion is passed, then hopefully um, the union will be able to kind of campaign and get the college to help students more etc so so yeah it's, it's, it's castle is quite an interesting place um with interesting yeah I definitely you have to see what happens with all of that um yeah no i guess that it would be it would be used it would definitely be nice if all lectures are recorded because when when you find out they're not you're just like oh and you sort of look at the lecture like oh okay and it's also really hard to so so one thing is like so I'm on dermatology right now, which is different skin conditions. And um, it's so we get towards it in the fifth year, but you get assessed on it in final year. And it's pretty much all being able to recognize pictures of different um, 
you know, types of skin and kind of like different spots and stuff like that. So without the lecture slides, you're pretty much dead in the water and no one is releasing them. So it's just kind of like it's really hard to engage knowing that, like, unless you take a photograph in your memory right now, you're not going to see this ever again. Um, but hopefully union and college or whatever will we'll sort it out. Um, but yeah, so that I guess that's one one aspect of how COVID's affected education, so the online learning. The other part is to do with exams. So I have to ask you now, Rachel, did you see the group chat last week? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you can tell from my face, yeah. So I'll fill in everyone else on what I'm referring. Montai, you're in it as well, right? You must have seen it last week. I don't know yeah, if I think I briefly had a flick through it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's not worth your time to read the whole thing. Um, I, I, we'll, I'll fill in everyone else in a minute, but we'll we'll circle back. We'll 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 catch up to this in a minute. So first of all, let's go to Nicole. So Nicole, a few and, and this will this tangent will make sense. So Nicole, first of all, huge congratulations on being elected chair of the United Hospitals group committee <laughs> in the world a very big fan um but some people who probably aren't big fans of you are all of the staff at the uk fpo office yeah, right. of you. Yeah. so do you want to just for, for anyone who's not who's not versed in what's going on tell them the situation yeah so basically there was a bit of an issue with the upcoming sjt for our final year so this year well as with any last year or two years ago the UK FPO made a decision to use Pearson test centres to deliver the SJT, no longer faculty organised. So this year was the first year they're running it. And because of COVID, they also had the option of running it at, in their homes using an online proctor. So one of the like in their terms and conditions, it said that um, if you're like if you have any anything that cuts out, say if Wi-Fi cuts out on the day whilst you're at home, then you won't have the chance to reset it and you fail from the foundation program application process as a whole because SJT is such a massive waiting. So obviously no one likes that. That's awful. <laughs> and then um, I also did a quick Reddit search for Pearson View and no one likes Pearson View at all. <laughs> Everyone's all right. like, my, my accounting whatever was like ruined by them. So um, yes, working with United Hospitals, which is and medical schools working together um, we decided to write a letter to the UK FPO um, addressing this and telling them that they should do more to support the students and also they've had a lot of issues with like reasonable adjustments like they should be offer like offering more support for them and then they had like it was just going like from bad to worse and then to the worst and it was just all going wrong I, just like we released the first letter and then it was all like, oh, this was not going well. And then it more more stuff went wrong and we had to release a second letter. Um, yeah, that's it so far. I feel like I'm getting PTSD talking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you were getting progressively more distressed as you were like, <laughs> yeah. going through it. Um, I'm so going to just, just listening to you speak about it is stressing me <laughs> out a little bit. To be honest. Yeah. Right? It's quite, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's what... Sorry, Karen, Karen. Yeah, it was one of the hard things with that was because obviously final years have been going through so much this year as well and then it was one of those things that either they they weren't sure it's hard because in a final years with COVID going on do they just like suck it up and deal with it because everything's been going wrong so like this is just one more thing that's going wrong let me just deal with it but we the, all the presidents were like no come on we need to put our foot down and do something about this and 
I don't know what the UKFPO are doing about it. We didn't re- receive a reply to the first letter, but we did for the second letter. And then they claimed to talk to the BMA about uh, all of the issues, but they didn't talk to the BMA about all of the issues. So, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying everything. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was referring to when I said uh, yeah, LinkedIn's no, been popping up recently <laughs> because I, 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 your letter came up. Um, and I was like, oh, look at this. And then, yeah, I, I saw the two. I was doing my, doing my homework last night. And um, yeah, I like that. So in the first one, you mm. signed it off with the names of the medical schools. Mm. And in the second one, you signed it off with the names of the presidents of the medical mm-hmm. schools. It was like, okay, now we're serious. Like you ignored us the first time. Like yeah. here's who we are this time. We're coming with the names. I got an email um, back from them and it was like, dear Nicole, George and colleagues. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> 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 I was like, I've been named. Um, but yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun bonding experience for the UH presidents. Like it was, it was mm. like, they all worked so well. Like um, this year, all of the presidents, Minty included, of course, have been working so hard to like work for all of the students and support them. And mm. it's nice also because COVID is affecting every medical student. And it's nice to hear that like they're all supporting each other and everyone's going through the same issues. And we have our, another meeting, the last one of 2020 tomorrow, which should be a oh, fun okay. Is that like your last hurrah to bring Pierce and View to their knees? Well, it's the first thing on the agenda. <laughs> right, fine, fine, yeah. Cause, cause it's, um, when do they sit their SGT? Is it January? So they have two windows and, um, oh, this is also the other issue. So not all of the students get, so obviously if you don't want to be sitting the exam at home, right, because you're at a disadvantage if your internet cuts out. So then right. all of the students should be allowed, have the option of doing it at home or in person. But obviously Pearson View didn't think about that and didn't have limited spaces um, mm. in two windows. That meaning that some of the students would have to take it at home and be at a disadvantage. But there's two windows. Um, and I think it's like mid-December, early December and then mid-January. Oh, OK. All right. So they read that and, and, and very much time to get their act together, do they? We're no. talking about like weeks basically and okay it's right because they were gonna do oh my god i could talk about this for ages I think <laughs> but um, separate spin-off, like, spin-off <laughs> interview just about like them. yeah but, yeah. but um, the annoying thing is that they were always going to they were always planning to use pearson view in the future like two years before covid so it's a bit scary mm. to see what's going to happen to the future of medical school exams and governing mm. Right, yeah, and so this is basically why I brought this up because I thought it's, it's a nice mm-hmm. tie-in. So finally, uh, the, the 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 topic of a medical school, you don't even know what I'm tying into yet, but thank you, I appreciate. Isn't it the proctor? Um, the the yeah. So, so yeah. the so this whole controversy when I was reading this letter and all the things wrong with the online exams and kind of the proctoring and stuff, it just gave me PTSD. And I'll probably you'll see my face change now talking about it to our group chat. So basically, so for context, we recently migrated from a Facebook year group chat to a WhatsApp year group chat. And um, it's definitely more talkative. I'd say there's less spam as well. And I think what like Facebook is very cold and impersonal, right? Like you can't sustain any kind of friendship on a Facebook group chat. Um, but WhatsApp's, you know, where the family's at. So that, that was going, I was quite enjoying it. Um, and then someone asked, I think it was Noor who asked. You want to name him on the internet? No, I'm going to name I'm name and shame because he, because he's an agent of chaos he simply like he he <laughs> literally dropped a single line and he must have spared about two thousand messages afterwards so basically someone in our year um said something on the lines of 
like, oh, why don't we suggest this for remote exams? I think it was maybe proctoring. So it was basically, if anyone doesn't know, if you're sitting a remote exam at home, um, having a camera or two cameras focused on you to make it clear that you're the one sitting the exam, that you're not doing anything um, that you shouldn't be doing whilst you're doing the exam, that kind of thing. And then basically what emerged was this, Rachel, how do you describe it? It was just this, this, this fury from, from the year. They just poured into the chat. And it was so basically, it, there were two camps that emerged. There was one group of people saying, listen, it's so unfair to do remote exams, number one. But number two, even if you're doing them, to do them um, without proctoring, because uh, uh, even though it's open book, um, people can have like consultant parents helping them. They can have their F1 boyfriend helping them. They can have so-and-so sitting the exam for them. Um, and it's not a le- even if even if only a couple of people are going to cheat, uh, it's simply not a level playing field. And then the other camp of people were like, get over it. This is life. Like uh, we trust we trust that like uh, our fellow medical students, no one's going to cheat. And like exams are unfair anyway um, and all this kind of stuff. So they went back and forth for a while um, and then it kind of just fizzled out. I think the conclusion, I think the conclusion they were like, we should, the year reps got invoked quite a few times. And then I think they were like, the year reps should petition the uh, the faculty to put in proctoring. But then people were like, well, do, do we even want proctoring as a year group? Someone should make a survey to gauge our opinions. And they never did it. I guess they just gave up. Um, it was, but it was nice on the night. It was quite, quite a fun piece of drama to read. Um, but it did kind of raise this quite, quite a serious concern about the sort of polarization of opinions towards this. So, Rachel, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting night, to say the least. Um, it was it was utter carnage. Um, I think first off, I really do have to say that the year reps are fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. Connor, our um, our academic officer as well. Like we've been working really hard. Um, since the well before then as well obviously but especially since the first exam briefing we had um we really pushed faculty to have um another session it's somewhat frustrating that they chose to do it on a thursday morning um most of us mm. yeah you're lucky um, i was on dermatology i could make that otherwise yeah <laughs> um i haven't actually read um i haven't actually listened to the recording myself so um but but yeah, it's it's definitely clear that there are many polarized opinions out there, um, and I I am going to hesitate to I hesitate to say too much just because I really don't think we have a good um, view representative view of what the year wants. Um, obviously, some people are very vo- um, vocal about either way, um, but there are pros and cons to both. And um, on the other side of the thing. Um, on the other hand, um, we also don't really know exactly what faculty wants and why faculty wants um, certain things. So I know Amir Sam is very vocal about um, proctoring being useless in his opinion, but I think um, a bit more um, information could be useful. Um, it's interesting as well that I've also been working with um, the union and and um, other kind of um, academic C people um, as Imperial on this. And they they are um, trying to gauge the views of students on proctoring in general across all departments. 
Um, and it's a very vocal disagreement from every other department. So mm. it's really interesting that medicine so far is kind of undecided. Um, but yeah, I think definitely we need to, um, yeah, people have spoken, the people have spoken and some people are very upset. So yes. I think we definitely will have to look into that. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because, um, like you said, the faculty probably have their own reasons they haven't talked about. And I think that was a big cause of the outrage from a lot from the, what the group chat was saying anyway, was that people were saying, oh, proctoring is bad for X, Y, Z reason. And then the response to that was, well, if that if that is the reason, we should be told about that formally and be told by the faculty, this is why we're not doing such and such thing, because otherwise you're left to fly to your own conclusions as people have done. Um, but then on the counter argument sort of against against proctoring as a fair thing, um, people have complained, you know, oh, well, what happens if you similar to the uh, Pearson view thing, what happens if you disconnect during your exam? I don't think we have a clear answer on that yet, right? We're not entirely sure what, what actually happens. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, we don't, yeah. So, um, but like however, however strenuous your own internet connection is, someone raised the point that if you're having to stream your exam and then two continuous video feeds to yourself, and if everyone in your house is doing that, you're in a house full of five people, your internet's just not gonna be able to cope. Um, so it's not perhaps not the golden solution that people think it is. Um, but I know I know UCL, I think, are doing it for their exams. Right. And people were like, oh, if UCL can do it, why can't Imperial do it? Like, it'll be worse than them. Um, but I just I'm interested in the other years. So, Millie, are third year exams confirmed online now? Um, I think we've been told the long one, <laughs> the written is online. And we were told that Oski will be in person, I think. But um, to what extent it will be like kind of um, with actors or we're not entirely sure. But I think that's definitely going to be in, per in person. And then um, ethics is also online. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot the ethics exam. Yeah. So that's I guess yeah. that'll be one of your first. And, and if the, with ethics coming up, has, has anyone come out and been like, oh, my God, what if my philosopher uncle comes and does my paper for me? It's really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the thing is with ethics, I think, because you normally you'd have notes with you even before we went online and before we yeah, went open book. So I think it's quite similar to previous years in that sense, more, than, mm. more so that we're not limited to how much we can have written down. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Elena, do you have exams at the end of this year, like like that were being moved online or? So for third years, we actually did not have any exams for this nice. year. Yeah. Um, That's good. That's good. That's always nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we have to make a project dissertation about our experience on our work literature or uh, lab placement. And we need to do a neural presentation of it, uh, which we have been confirmed that it will take place online. Um, however, we do not really know um, anything after that, which is in February. So we're holding on to know about how the other assessments want to um, either, uh, well, both deliver and assess. Most of them should be data analysis reports or um, mm. submitted type of um, work, but um, they're still working on their answer, so not able to give a, <laughs> an answer for yeah. that. For first yeah. and second years, um, they will be online in January. Um, I'm not sure about after. I mean, let me, but let me put it to the rest of you guys. What's your kind of stance if you, if you had to say, like, would you be more comfortable doing 
like socially distanced in-person exams, remote exams without proctoring or remote exams with proctoring? I think because uh, I think that it's difficult for us because whilst our exams are important, it doesn't have the same implications as the fifth and sixth years exams and the importance of them. Um, so I can understand why, why certain people would, would want to do all they can to make it the most fair, which seems like having the proctoring. Mm. Um, because it, may, it it changes people's lives where they end up working and things like that. So I, I personally fully understand it. Um, but for us, I know proctoring is about other people taking it, but just in terms of it being open book, I again, there's not the same data. But from the third year exams, I didn't find it helped that much um, in the in the actual exam. If anything, I just wasted time. I knew less. I realised I was not ready for the exam. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself at one point on like a niche case study for 2005. I'm like, this can't be the answer to the <laughs> question. Uh, so if anything, it might have like a, a, been a hindrance to me. Um, so I so once it gets to exams that are not just fact based and are actually application of knowledge, it, I don't think it makes that much of a difference being online if the exam is structured, particularly if the exam can be written knowing that it's online and therefore can be um, like targeted so the questions can't just be easily searched up. I think that's where like the second year exam differs because a lot of that is just factual recall. And mm. I think when our results came out, uh, I don't think they awarded any prizes because everyone was like <laughs> too bunched up at the top. Um, and I'm pretty sure the whole year might have got, might have passed because they sent out a year wide email being like, congrats on passing. So I think in that instance, it didn't really like, you know, their thought that it would look the same as previous years didn't work out. But I also think for second year, there's less of an implication on how well you do in the year. It's more just about passing. So, like, for my year group, I think there was less thinking about of what other people are going to do and more, like, this is helping us pass. And it's mm. arguably maybe one of the harder years to, like, just get on with it and enjoy the fact that it's open book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would just, I agree with what Millie and Chris said. I think also for fifth and sixth year, there's so much more waiting. For, for kind of what the outcome is. I think with third year last year, a lot of students, the main concern was the environment that they got to take the exam in. So, you know, many people are fortunate enough to have a good working environment if they came home or if they decided to stay in London. Mm. But I think, um, I think if it can be socially distanced in an exam hall where everyone is under the same conditions, it just, it makes it a little bit more fairer. Um, and then, no one has that disadvantage if they didn't have a good environment at home. Mm. But yeah, I agree with what Chris said. I don't think being online for the third year's exam, it it didn't offer us anything. Um, and the questions were just so obscure. I think they were harder than they would be if we had the paper in person. Yeah, um, yeah. But for example, with fifth year, with the pathology exam, it you know, if they said it was easier because you could search everything up, that's where I can understand why mm. a lot of students are upset about it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Actually, Tanya, I'd like to throw you a question. It's it's vaguely welfare related, um, but, it, but it just it was something that you said or what Millie said just further thought. So one thing I've noticed kind of in this discussion, um, but it also reminds me of so when you're talking about second year exams, Millie, because we in, in our second year, the OSPI got made formative the night before we were meant to take it. The kind of reaction from some people at the time then kind of matches up with what I've seen in, in my year now with this proctoring and this whole discussion. And it's basically so generally, I'd say 
most people in the year are, are very nice and generally most medics are very nice. Um, but then there's kind of a certain, I don't even want to say it's a certain proportion of people because I feel like to some degree it's, it's in all of us or it comes out in different people at different times. This kind of classic medical school stereotype of, of a view towards your studies, which is like, it's not enough if I succeed, others must fail. Like I've noticed this, now that it's getting to fifth year, people are like specialty points, like research, the FPAS, like it's the classic like snaky medic trope. And it's not, nothing horrific has happened, but I'm seeing it and I'm noticeably. I don't know, Rachel, I don't know if you can, like, if you feel that at all, but but I, I just kind of, I, I get these waves sometimes of being like, like hearing people say stuff and I'm like, wow, like you really want, like, it's a cutthroat world out there, isn't it? Like the, the TL is, is cold. Um, and I just wanted to know, like, what you, on the general, like, comment of med school snakiness and kind of helping your peers versus hurting your peers, what's your kind of perspective on that? Because I think, I think to, um, for a lot of doctors who are, like, obviously ex-medical students, um, a lot of them have come out doing videos, like, top 30 things I hate about medical school. And, like, they, they're very quick to denounce, like, med school Twitter is very quick to denounce, like, oh, my snaky firm's partner, by the way. Credit to you if you're tweeting badly about your firm's partner, like you're, you're living a risky life. I literally, I see that and I'm like, what if they find this? They're so easily going to be able to find this. Um, but yeah, no, I see a lot of people speaking about it. So I just wanted to I think maybe as a, in a welfare role, you must have some kind of perspective on this. Maybe you've heard people speak about it or something. Yeah, I think in terms of like general competitiveness of medics and within medicine, um, that was definitely something I was worried about when coming to Imperial, Imperial mm. the kind of reputation that we have, you know, we're all very high achieving. We inspire very, like, very high standards. Um, I think the one thing that shocked me, though, about ICSM was how actually we all looked out for each other. If you, if you think about ICSM as a structure, we've got mums and dads, you've got year reps, you've got older years who give you tutorials mm. and down their notes. And I know sometimes, especially when it comes to exam season, everyone's kind of head down, got to look out for myself kind of vibe. But actually, as a whole medical school, with what the clubs and societies do, with what the academic side, the welfare side, we do look out for each other a lot. And I think that's one thing that is very unique to ICSM and something we need to hold on to. Um, and I think just coming back to like the the snakiness, like if your firm partner is a bit snaky or something, I think we're just really lucky that Imperial, our year is so big that we get to meet loads of different people and you're not going to click with everyone, right? Mm, that's true. We do get the opportunity to meet loads of different people and that's one of the best things about Imperial is we get to meet people from all different walks of life mm. and it's about kind of branching out, networking, getting to know everyone and actually knowing that we are all in the same boat, like even with the fifth years, you know, you're all stressed, but you all have something to bond over. <laughs> um, yeah, so sure. you are all, in a sense, looking out for each other, which is really nice to hear. So I think it just comes down to remembering that we're we're part of something much bigger. The fifth years are part of the same medical school that the new first years are in, and they've given tutorials to them. They've looked out for them, just like the older years, like the F1s and F2s who've been teaching them in firms. Mm, I think another thing as well is that, a lot of people at Imperial are, can be quite scared just to ask for help. They just feel like I need to manage this on my own, mm. which, I, which I don't really get because there's so many support 
like they think everyone is snaky because it's imperial but there's no like i think you should just ask people for help people mm-hmm. are so people are so nice and giving all the time yeah um but yeah it's just about reaching out clubs and salt smash it as well i mean you get so many parents you get too yeah, many yeah, parents. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you make what Manu was saying, like, stru- as a structure, we're definitely very well uh, set up to sort of provide health yeah. assistance. Absolutely. And it's a minority that are snaky. You'll get that. You, ha- you yeah, don't yeah, through yeah. med school without having one snaky firm's partner. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, firm's partners, I've liked you all. <laughs> also, it's it's the only degree that um doesn't that doesn't come out with a first two one or uh, imperial at least. Um, it comes out with ranking you, and that's how well you do. So mm. when it comes to, once it comes to the exams that um, that count towards that, it it's going to have to um, it's going to have to you're going to have to be competitive with other people because it is literally the system pits us against each other. It's the system's fault that we're like this. It's not our fault. I no, I hear that. I hear that. Stick it to the man down with the system. I've always found it. I've always found it a little bit twisted that that you get ranked against your peers in your own university because yeah it does kind of you sort of know in the back of your mind like and for most people it's not enough to be like i'm going to sabotage people but you just think okay i'm being ranked against every single person in my year and it's, it's a bit um yeah rachel were you going to say something before yeah i i agree with with every what everyone says i think um in what every single med school you will have people who are like this um and maybe imperial kind of encourage well maybe i feel like we're all very driven people so maybe there's something about that as well but actually anecdotally i think um having spoken to the early years academic officer i think apparently the new curriculum has really helped with this everyone's really nice to each other no one's snaky apparently um they all like just maybe it's because they all work together so often Mm. and um and i think the ranking is a lot less emphasized but apparently it's already cute and nice and everyone's friendly and happy so and i think that i think that's kind of part of a wider cultural shift that's essentially trying to be pushed through the very first message that the phase 1a students got this year when they joined is to get here you have to compete to get in as part of the medical admissions process once you're in the emphasis should be away from competing and more on collaborating because that's how medical teams work at the end of the day in teamwork and through collaborations and yeah again i think that the new curriculum has obviously had a lot to do with that and the introduction of the uk mla for i believe the current phase 1b cohort will mean that the rankings are changed from being kind of intra-medical school and more between all of the other medical schools and other medical students across the country so hopefully that can help mitigate the specific um, concern that, that Chris spoke about in terms of the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can't say that I'm not really cast though down to the UKMLA, but I'm sure that it would have been a, a great, the great leveller of all the medical schools around the country. Elena, did you want to add something? Yes, I was going to say that um, gladly in BMB we do not get ranked, so you feel that tension is a little bit more relieved, I will say. Mm. Um, have any uh, kind of gas system either in order for exams. So I, I think it's part of their overall goal to make it team-based learning. Um, still, there are some snakies in the field, I will say, but <laughs> it's just imperial culture, I would say. Um, but it, it, 
BNB is really team based, so it it's a plus to not be ranked. Um, obviously, then when applying to other labs, and there's a lot of competition because uh, placements um, are less. So, for example, to get in your third year placements, um, you have a ranking, but it, it's more of a system point depending on your attendance, uh, participation, grades, and an oral presentation talking about why you, your top weaknesses and limitations, which is um, really good because it's not just grade-based. So I, I think it's a more rounded uh, system of points, but not a ranking. So that takes the pressure off. <laughs> that's nice, that's, that's good. Um... Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely think there, there is a little bit of just imperial culture and competitiveness that I guess you can't escape. And it's always, I don't know how, like, what your experience has been, but when you speak to, definitely clinically, like in third year and fifth year, when you speak to doctors who haven't trained at Imperial, they sort of talk about Imperial medical students with this, like, it's a slight disdain, and it's kind of like, I know you think you're sick, but actually, and I'm like, no, I think I'm a loser. Like, honestly, I'm, you're, you're way better than me. Don't say that. Um, and it was just quite hard to escape, but I think that probably adds to it. Um, yeah, we've covered a lot today. So we, we talked a bit about proctoring remote exams, the SJT struggles with Pearson View and Nicole's war against them <laughs> on site if she ever catches them. Um, yeah, good. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. And just to finish off, let's all do it like a choreographed thanks, guys, and a wave. And then I'll actually stop recording. Oh, okay. no. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh. Wait, I'm... Oh, you're supposed to count us down. Wait, we're out. Really? Right, okay. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you next time. No, 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 no. We'll have a little blooper reel at the end. I'm going to count. I'm going to go three, two, one, and then I'll speak, and then you wait. Okay, right? Oh, so we don't. Okay, calm. Two, one. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.